Hello and welcome to Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. Yeah, and Kieran, sorry as well. <laughs> yeah, but these are stealing the show, Mark. Are oh. you happy with them? Uh, yeah, I actually I didn't I only found them just before the show started. They were on my bed. You had to try and do something. To yeah, I didn't think my beard would be long enough, but they are. Yeah, I'm feeling festive. Yeah, good, good. Um, you, Mark, just make a revelation, just a big statement. Renovate a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> make a statement that like you think is very important and okay. the people who are least up. Jake Paul is fighting tonight, but that doesn't matter because I'm fighting on March 26th in the Art Club A. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This is my favourite Christmas ornament and my family hate it. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Easter music matched with the Christmas scene. Why? I don't know. There's no baby. No baby. That no, that's just the. I don't know. Did you give us pre baby? Pre baby. Pre -baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll stop in a moment, but I just thought that I wanted to share this with you. Does it stop? <laughs> in other news, uh, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> we have to make a correction. The 30th of December is when there's a dip in the sea for Sarah Robinson, not the 28th, Mark. What a silly mistake of mine. Thank you, guys. And um, I was with, um, yeah, RK Gigs and Bakes made us a biscuit cake. And oh, and I did a duathlon today, mm. and I did it uh, with a lot of people, but I won't remember all their names. But Mike Harrington, the Harringtons, Cole Murphy, Martin Doyle, long loyal time listeners of the show, including Cotton Hayes, we did a, a we did a ten k run, we did a forty k cycle, and we did a five k run, and we had a great time at it. And a real big thanks to Kevin Harrington. Now, I love my little uh, connections. Mm. The thing was in aid of. Uh, this Malawi Health Partnership and the Irish Heart Foundation. Boom. Kieran Byrne, how are you? Lads, well, well segment. done, didn't you know <laughs> that? Segment. Happy days, pitch <laughs> one for the team, huh? Class, <laughs> <laughs> love it. You and Hearts, there you go, hand in hand. I've not got on too well. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get on too well, but look, we got to deal with the hand with health, you know? What happened? Um, a long story, but uh, pretty much in a Overview of it before we get into it. Um, September of 2020, I got two stents in my heart. August is around 22nd, 20 in between 22nd and 26th, I was admitted into hospital with severe chest pain and really struggling how to breathe and all that. So after a few tests, uh, there was a test called troponin that they do, and when you test for that, it like says if you have a heart attack or not. And unfortunately, mine came back that I was like showing no signs of a heart attack but after a load of investigation it showed that I had like three heart attacks at the minimum and that I had some severe uh, damage done to my heart with some significant scarring and some severe heart disease then lobbed on top of all that then so yeah, it's been a been a wild ride now all that now I must say so you had three heart attacks that three, you didn't know about three well yeah, I wouldn't say I didn't know about them. I was misdiagnosed when I was in Canada, I would like to say, because mm. this problem was kind of, I was born with more so. It's all down to my blood levels and all that with the platelets and all in my blood. That uh, when I was born, say, my bone marrow produces more platelets, but my like white blood cells and my red blood cells are okay. So could have been kind of a gut when I was younger that like the platelets were high in my blood levels because that's what was kind of clogging my arteries up. So from about 20 years old or so I started getting some uncomfortable chest pain and some kind of like 
when I go for a run, you'd kind of struggle to catch your breath. And I would have always said, Jess, I'm just unfit. Like, mm. I was always okay, like, but I did have a little bit of weight on me when I was younger. And um, just lost a lot of weight when I was about 21, 22. And I used to struggle, like, the whole time with my breath and all that. Like, I'd be grand for a minute, and next of all, bang, it hit me, and I wouldn't be able to breathe too well. Like, but um, just got over a kind of thing like and powered through it and then when I went to Canada in 2016 I was 26 and um had me I was with a girl there I was with her for like eight years at the time and um I was just feeling really shitty one day like and I just ended up saying to her I was like look I don't feel well I'm going into the hospital like I'm just going to take off work like and where I walked was coincidence I was right beside the hospital actually it was at uh, the Humber River Hospital over in Canada in Toronto I went in there one day doctor checked me out and he said I'm going to book you in for like a stress test which was like a, just a run on a treadmill connected up to a heart monitor and blood tests and all that and because I say in Ireland I can, I can look back and say in hindsight like the, the troponin test in Ireland came back negative or to an extent negative um, the troponin test over in Canada would have came back negative so they didn't think it was anything to do with my heart. So I was going through a really bad time with just a lot, just a life. Like I was going through a lot of hard times, like because I was only after leaving my girlfriend at the time, like going to Canada by myself, and a lot of stress and pressure when you go to go to another country to succeed by yourself, like and to not let anybody down. Like I, I'd, I'd be a very personal person when I come to that. Like I, I take a lot of people's feelings into account, mm. and I'd use them to spur me on, or I'd use them as in, like I'm a very kind of open kind of heart giant guy do you know what i mean like strange enough that's an open heart guy uh, but yeah that's that's the type of person i am like you know and i just put it down to a lot of stress and pressure so i was just going over there and the doctors over there told me that after all the stress testing all done it was just anxiety um i was like right okay so every time i felt the pain in my chest from say 2016 up until september last year i always said to myself it's just another anxiety attack now, it was horrible because in my head, like, I kind of knew something wasn't right. And I've always said it, even to my partner now at the moment, Nicola. I uh, always said to her, like, there's something wrong. Like, I always felt like there was something wrong with my heart or there was something wrong with me. Something wrong with something. I never knew what it was. I just knew, like. And um, I was with her and there'd be times there where I'd be driving the car and I'd have to pull over. I'd go blind all of a sudden, like, literally go blind. Like, I'd be just seeing blue like you know where you see blue floaters in your eyes mm. well, I wouldn't see blue floaters I'd just see blue it'd be just like a river of blue like I wouldn't see a thing so like I'd pull over in the motorway like it was so dangerous like but like I couldn't tell when it was happening it just like all of a sudden bang you're blind like so you'd be just like where do I go tell me when to start breaking and stuff like and you'd pull over like she'd just like carry me around like hold my hand bring me around into the car and be sitting in the front seat then with her, like co driving home say happened once or twice coming home from Dublin scary shit like and um it was just mad like <laughs> it was just crazy that like to think that like and then it happened to me once or twice on my own like and you just have to try and persevere and pull over like but again in hindsight we know what that was it was just a lack of blood and oxygen going to my brain and to my eyes because of the blockages in my heart um yeah it's uh Ooh. yeah <laughs> right just just go what happened when those like you learned later about heart attacks. What what yeah. was going on when that happened? So when when I was having the heart attacks, um 
I'd have just a mad, mad heart. Like, the only way that I can actually really and truly describe it, and it's the only way I've ever described it, is as if, like, you know when someone stands on your chest? Just mm. just stands on it. So, mm. you know when you push off something, and you stand on it even more, and you can feel even more pressure when somebody's pushing off the roof there, say, and standing on your chest? Yeah. It adds more pressure into your chest. That's what it was like. Yeah. It was like the Hulk doing it, though. It was just like the Hulk standing right in the middle of my chest, pressing every single thing he had down. Um... It'd go from that, then I'd have some severe migraines, like where I wouldn't even be, like, I'd be blind from the migraines. That's how bad it was. Um, I'd have rushes of numbness from my head to my toes, and then from my toes back up to my head. My hands would be all numb. Uh, mad, uh, like the stabbing pain, say, along with the pressure feeling, would from my chest straight through into my back, into my shoulder. Um... I have a slight bit of a pain in my neck now, not so much though. Um, I had some mad, mad symptoms like that weren't really related to heart-like problems. Say, like going blind isn't really, they say, a problem like that. And to be a corn regularly, like mm. I've broken a lot of tests, <laughs> so they say, and I've broken a lot of symptoms that weren't really a, in accordance with it. So they kind of tried to publicise that a little bit about me in the papers and all that there not so long ago, like about it. But, uh, yeah, it was a mad out And feeling. where were you when these strong feelings um, were happening? So, I was in Canada when they originally started, obviously enough there, as I said. Um, it got, once or twice there, I'd be like, oh God, like it's sore. But it's not overly as I was describing there. They progressively got worse over the years. And then, say, just before, when I said to myself, the day that I said to myself is like, look, there's something not right. It's not anxiety anymore. You need to go get checked. That day was, I was in work. I was having them slightly on and off all week. And um, I actually handed my notice in on the Monday. Oh no, it was, say, I started, oh, so I, was, I handed my notice into this job um, at the start of August. And he asked me what I worked the entire month, just to give him a month. And I was like, no problem, I will. Uh, so the new employer, I told him I'm starting on the, 26th or the 28th or something like that it was like that the monday of the 28th or the 26th whatever that monday was um of august 2020 i was meant to start my job i ended up in hospital i rang my doctor on the wednesday and i said to him i was like look i'm in work at the minute i'm working on a panel saw like i just don't feel well like i just feel sick dizzy all of this and um i just go to him what do you recommend i do and he just said get down to the hospital right now I didn't think no more of it to be honest so my girlfriend uh, I was making her a wardrobe so that Wednesday that I rang my doctor I was actually cutting a wardrobe up for my partner in work and um, I said my fuck I'm going to the hospital <laughs> like fuck I'm cutting this wardrobe it's, it's long enough you know yourself when you're doing the job at home and you're just like they're at you and you're like, oh, you, you told me you're doing it. I was like, you're fucking right. <laughs> and I just was getting one up on her and I was like, you know, I'm going to get it done. So I cut up the wardrobe. I actually went home then, because I live in Wexford in uh, Camolan. And I went from Wicklow, where I was working in Newcastle, over to just outside Drada in County Loud. I went home that night on the Wednesday to paint the wardrobe in my dad's spray boot because he's a panel beater and that he has his own shed like so I'd use it the odd time to paint things at the time so I went home on the tours they was painting it all up Friday went home to Camolan started fitting the wardrobe I was carrying in all the bits of the wardrobe and it wasn't even that far it was like say 20 meters if it was if it was even 
from the door to the room that I was going into, no stairs, no nothing. He's carrying bits and pieces in and um just turned around and said to Nicola, I was like, Look, I'm not well, like there's I'm feeling this again, like and um we ended up I sat down on the sofa for a few minutes and that and she's like, You need to go to the hospital. Doctor told you to go to the hospital, go to the hospital. And I says though, not a fucking chance. This wardrobe's been long enough been waiting to be made. It's been fucking made. So I ended up making it anyway. And then um that night then I don't think anything happened. Now, this is where I kinda of get fuzzy, but she can tell me exactly what day it was, but I'm just gonna say what I think it was anyway. Mm. So this could be like a week or so of a change now, like right, this is a strange one, right? So we went it just all happened. There was so much happening like and um so I'm very sure it was the following week. No, because that was on the Friday. Saturday, it was on the Saturday night, that's what it was. So that was on the Friday I fitted the wardrobe. On the Saturday night then, we went into our auntie's house. And on the way into our auntie's house, I was just leaving the house. Started to get a mad, mad sore chest again. And I said, this is anxiety again. I can't even leave the house anymore. So we ended up going into our auntie's house. And I was there and I was really uncomfortable. I was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. I just started tossing and torn in the chair. Just sitting here like this and I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, like that, like, and yeah. her auntie walked in the door and she's knelt down in front of me and she was a little bit gargled now, you might say. Knelt down in front of me and she was just like, ah, just hands on the lap and all. She's like, ah, Kieran and all this, you're a bollocks. And I was just like, <laughs> she's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And I just, it was the first time I, I like, I, I'm not a prick, like, and I hate, I, I, I am not, I'm not a prick. Like, I, I hate, like, confrontation with people and all that stuff. Like, and I just turned around to, to her auntie and I says to her, look, get out of my way right now. Get the fuck out of my face. I actually pushed her out of my way, stood up, walked outside, took me thump, my tops off, I started stretching out, started lying on the ground, trying to get some sort of relief from my chest because it was just the pressure and stress. It was just so, so bad. Like, And then her mom, Nicola, and her auntie came out and they were all like, you're all right. Like, and her auntie was there just trying to calm me down because she thought it was just an anxiety attack. And um, her... It's funny enough, like that whole partner, like our auntie's partner was actually a firefighter and he wasn't even too worried about it because he was like, it's just an anxiety attack or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. And um, we uh, got into the car and we were driving home and as we were going home, I started to feel better. And I was like, I fucking can't even leave the house anymore. That's how bad this is getting. So I ended up then uh, going home that night and she was just like, you need to go to the hospital. You need to go to the hospital. And then uh, I go, uh, it's actually, yeah, this has all happened. So... This was all the week before work, like before I, like my last week of work, say. So it was the week, like maybe weekend and say the 17th of August or so. Um, so then all that week and work then again, I was feeling a bit shitty, you know. And um, then on the Friday night, before I decided to go into hospital, because I went into hospital on a Saturday, um, fitted the wardrobe on the Friday, was not bed then Friday night. And from this night on, I haven't really slept great. Like, I don't get a full night's sleep. Now, I know the baby might stop me. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know about that. <laughs> but, yeah, the baby there now stops me sleeping. But before that, like, this night terrified me so much that I don't sleep. I'm just in Zomniac. Like, it's crazy. Like, I don't sleep. Like, so I was asleep on the Friday night um, after I fit the wardrobe and all. No bother. Next of all, just, I don't even know what time it was, but half three, four o'clock, in and around, that's it. Just shot up in the bed gasping for air, couldn't breathe, and just like as if somebody stood over me with a sword and just put it straight through my chest. It was just... How old were you when this happened? Um, I was 30, just gone 30. And um, it was only last year. Like. 
So I woke up and she was still half asleep. She can't really remember this. I fucking let her have it that night. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can't remember this. Like, and I, I shot up in the bed, started to try and breathe, turned around in the bed to try and hang out the window to catch my breath, and I just couldn't. And she was rubbing my back and she goes to me, Are you all right? And I just grabbed her hand and I said, Get the fuck off me now. I am struggling to breathe. I am actually fighting for my life. I swear to God, that's what I said. I never actually understood how much it meant until, like, say, now, like. Yeah. But I uh, ended up that it took about 20 minutes or so for my heart and whatever was happening inside me to kind of calm down. Next morning, I went into Enniscorty. We were going to a party that night on the Saturday in our friend's house. It was a surprise party. So you're still not going to the hospital? No, no, no. After, after the doctor's telling me on the yeah. Wednesday that what I should have been in. What is holding you back? Is it just uh, uh, is it nah, still this anxiety thing? Ah, uh, it was just the anxiety in my brain saying it was it and pig ignorance. Yeah, that's all it was. It was just pig ignorance. I was like, I said to Nicola, I was like, look, at, I'll go to hospital on on Monday. Okay. I'll go on Monday, but I want to go to this party. I said okay. I haven't seen the lads since lockdown and stuff. I was like, lockdown is after dividing everybody. I said I want to be there, like, and that's that was where I was fighting to go on Saturday to this party. That's why I was kind of being pig ignorant. Mm. So on the Saturday then I went into Enniscorty into Beggy Barbers and um got my hair cut off Beggy off uh Yosef in there. Deadly guy. Absolutely he's deadly so he is. Uh got my hair cut off him and I said to myself, Right, I'll go up to Ranties and we'll go home. We had a few bits and pieces to do. She was going off to a baby shower and stuff. And um Went into town, got the haircut, was walking up the hill. If you know where Beggy Barbers is, that's where it said it. Up way for street. Yeah, you're going up. I don't know the name of the street, but you're going up the hill anyway, right? <laughs> um, you're going up the hill then towards the football pitches. There's a football pitch up there. Oh, yeah. It's going behind, behind, in behind in the house of state. So you know, the, you know the road I'm walking up then. Yeah. So I'm walking up that steep enough hill, like, and um, started really struggling to be able to walk and really maybe not being able to breathe and stuff like and it was low, like I'm only 30 at this time like and I'd still think of myself as not that old like do you know what I mean? I'm still young like and um geez there was loads of kids like loads of kids like 18 19 20 year olds all walking down the hill and up the hill there was around like said to myself I am in my bollocks sitting down here looking like an old man I'm making it to the top of that hill and I made it to the top of the hill and I said to myself when I get there I'll rest got to the top of the hill and I said I'm at the top of the hill now fuck resting Go down to the house and rest when you get to the house. So it brought myself, like, giving myself little goals to get there, like, you know what I mean? Got to the house, into the, got into her auntie's house, and I just turned around to Nick and I said, Look, I'm going to hospital right now. I said, There's something really, really wrong. I said, I can't even walk anymore, like. Um, so she was no water. I ended up driving her to her friend's house to go to the baby shower. I drove myself into the hospital. <laughs> the doctors were going mental. <laughs> so I drove myself into the hospital and she came in because we thought I was going to Wait be in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Enniscorty to Ferns and Ferns into into Wexford then. Right, okay. Uh, we just thought it was going to be like a checkup, see if you're all right home that night. No, it is now. So we did and that's when they did the blood tests and everything seemed normal. They even said it to me, Everyone's fine, not a thing wrong. Um, but there was like a little tiny, tiny, tiny blip on my ECG. And one nurse, like I'll tell you this one day, that one nurse that saved my life that day was just crazy. Like she seen the blip on the ECG that nobody else seen. She came in and she showed it to me and she's like, This isn't right, like it's tiny. 
it's like a millimeter or two like so then they ended up bringing me down to the ccu in wexford and uh, did loads of tests still couldn't find anything wrong went in on the monday so on the saturday i was in icu on uh, ccu on saturday night sunday monday i went and got an echo done it showed that the bottom half of my heart wasn't working and they just said to me that could be normal that could be just your heart everybody's different you don't ever probably never use it i was like no bother and they go right we're going to try and book you in for an angiogram i was like no bother and they go bit tight on time we don't know if there's going to be any this week or when there's going to be one available so uh just stayed out so on monday they were kind of monday and tuesday they kind of were on about the angiogram and that and then as it was going on like with more tests they did and they were just like ah oh, we don't know if we're going to send you for the angiogram we just don't think you really need it so there was a good say six to eight hours where they weren't actually going to send me for it and um just got a phone call then on the tuesday that they were going to send me for the angiogram so all day monday i wasn't going um on the tuesday then they were going to send me for it but in the meantime, they took me out of the coronary care unit and brought me just to a normal ward and just kind of walked in and kept an eye on me more so. And um, had this little arm on around me, you know, just keep an eye on me. That was linked to the CCU. So went then on the Wednesday. So they moved me into the St. Joseph's ward on the Tuesday. And on the Wednesday then, I ended up going for the angiogram down in Waterford. And that's when they found a 90% blockage in my left coronary artery. <sighs> And I swear to you, it's crazy because the the nurse that did the angiogram, she was lovely. She was a little Polish woman, lovely girl. Um, she's not there anymore, unfortunately. You know, I was down there again since to get another <laughs> angiogram, so I know she's not there. But um, when I got the angiogram done, uh, the doctors rang Wexford, like the Waterford team rang Wexford like four times making sure that the paperwork that they sent down to me was the right paperwork because nothing that was on the paper matched what was inside my body. Um, there was like, I think there was about 20 um, student nurses and that in, not nurses and doctors, say, the students like, uh, in the room as well at the time. Every single one of them said the same thing. How is this man alive and how is this happening to him? They all come over to me one by one, like, as if I was a dog, like, put just a hand on my head and a hand on my shoulder. They're just like, are you okay? And I'm just like, you yeah, yeah, grand. Like, what the, like, just, what's on the screen? Like, what's all them black dots like? Do you know what I mean? Like, and they're just like, oh, they're normal and stuff. Uh, it was funny, like, because I was there, like, said that question to the to the Polish doctor. I was just like, what are all them black dots in my head? She's just like, Kira, please stop. <laughs> I am messing with your heart right now. You do not need to move. <laughs> I know they're talking away. I didn't think it was that serious. But like when they go into your wrist here, like and then they go up through your artery here and then into your heart, they uh, they blow up this like um, this dye that shows if there's a blockage or not, and you can feel like a little tickle in your throat. Like oh, it's just a weird, weird, weird feeling. Like and just having somebody mess with your heart is just like it's just it's, just, it's a weird feeling. Like you can't describe it. And um, when they put the dye in, they find the blockages, and then they. Uh, stented them with i got two stents in my heart because it was so big they thought initially it was only going to be one but i got two um but yeah it was crazy like and every one of the doctors and the worst thing the, the thing that i hate the most now i know everybody like you don't know what goes on behind closed doors and all that kind of stuff for everybody but the one thing that i really am i don't know more annoyed about with everybody all the doctors and all about is like every one of them have all said to me i must have taken cocaine all my life 
for every single day of my life for it to be this bad. And honest to God, over my child's life, I have never once in my entire life ever taken cocaine. Like, and I've always smoked weed. That's it. Like, I've never done any hair drugs whatsoever in any way. Um, and just to be absolutely like, did you smoke weed regularly? Or? Yeah, yeah, I would love yeah, it. I'd be a weed connoisseur, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a connoisseur okay. of the old marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much anymore though. But yeah, I would have been like, I loved it in Canada like so much. Like right. it was great. Okay. Like, like go to work, work hard, play. You know what I mean? Like you come home from work and just chill out. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? like, everybody drinker. loves a drink and all. Like we're like a mad drinking society here. Like, mm. but like in my eyes and in a lot of people's eyes that I've come into the dealings with, drinking is poison. Mm. Simple as that, it is. It's poison in your body, well, poison okay. in your blood. It is though. If you Just think about it, blues. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it is though. It is. It's poison. And if you think about it, right. it's legal, right? Mm. Where a plant is mm. not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it, uh, alcohol does poison your blood. Like, that's what it does. Is that what it does? It does. It, it poisons. Does, yeah. How do you know? He doesn't drink. <laughs> alcohol poisons your blood, like, and then we're okay. mad. Okay. Okay. Alcohol poison. We have to, like, oh, I'd love, I'd, I'd love yeah. to say, like, we twist our perception of weed and, and, and alcohol and, like, ban alcohol and smoke weed all day, like, because we'd oh. be a much nicer society, let me tell you. You don't see people fighting on the side of the street when they're after smoking giants. They're just like, do you want a bar of chocolate? Do you know what I mean? Like, the boys that are having a few scoops going out and punching the head off each other, thinking they're Superman. I'm just really curious if, like, you know the whole, how they said, oh, you took cocaine all your life, you took cocaine all your life. So is cocaine, and uh, sorry, I'm, this is my ignorance now, but is cocaine and marijuana any way related? Um, well, not They're both illegal. They're both illegal. Both illegal. Is that the only thing? That's about it. But like, yeah. I take it that cocaine is the stimulant and sure, marijuana is a relaxant. Yeah, source, yeah, you yeah. Know, So why well, would they Cocaine is manufactured where weed right. is naturally grown. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, so you're getting chemicals where it's a plant. There's yeah. a big difference. Like, and in my eyes, like people say like, oh, it's a gateway drug and all that. And I'm just like, depends who you are. You can't put everybody in the same boat. Like saying mm -hmm. like, I've smoked weed a good lot of my life and I've never once touched Coke. Like, so I can't say like, it's a gateway drug because it's not, do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's not a gateway drug for me. It's anyway. Gateway to fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. It's just like ah, I smoke a joint, stay at home. You're just like ah, I'm not going out night time. But does that leave you? I don't. I say with heart problems, you can't have this emotion, but angry because like you don't have an answer, and if anything, you've just got accusations thrown at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd spend a lot of my time in hospital reiterating the fact that I've never taken coke, like because coke oh, yeah. uh, it blocks up your arteries and stuff. Like it's uh, like I don't really get into the questions about it too much because I don't need to know the answers because I never actually had it. So mm. I never took it. So I never asked them questions of what this, that, and the other. Like you know, I just let go of my head, like. But um, yeah, so with the likes of why my my arteries are blocking up and why like it's it's an ongoing problem and it's it doesn't look like it's got anything that's going to fix it anytime soon. Like I'm on some some mad mad drugs like that are really affecting my life now for the rest of it. Like I'm not good. Some good, some bad. You know, I'm on some blood pressure, two blood one blood pressure, two blood thinners, cholesterol, and um, then I'm on one to stop me being sick. And then I'm on another one, then it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> so uh, I've said there like that, I have a problem with my bone marrow and like my white blood cells are okay, my red blood cells are okay, but my platelets are high. Mm. So my platelets are like 568 was four weeks ago. They were then for the last 
for two weeks after that then they came down to 468 and I know you don't know what I'm talking about like and neither do I to be honest <laughs> with you I'm sure somebody out there will understand my what girlfriend will she'll yeah. explain all this so <laughs> then my latest result on my platelet account is 465 and they're meant to be down like at 100 like I'm, I've got a lot of plaque in my blood like which is causing my arteries to block so it's all down to my bone marrow so now I'm on this anti-cancer drug now to try and prevent the platelets being high so they're trying to get them down as much as they can like chemotherapy type thing. it's yeah like a chemo kind of um it is a chemo kind of type of drug like it's called hydrea mm. um no fun do you think the bone marrow could have actually caused the increased pressure on the heart um so there's not really a pressure on my heart say um, okay so the bone marrow problem is causing my platelets to be high it's like producing more platelets than usual um so what's happening in torn is that that is then causing my arteries to block up which then causes the pressure feeling mm. okay. but it's all stemming down to my bone marrow producing too much platelets and that's why my blood and my blood has got like i used to be able to heal really really quick if i cut myself mm. now it's just like it's like a garden hose it doesn't stop <laughs> it's mad okay like, and do you have to watch what you eat then? Yeah, I, I, I do. Like, and like, for a while there, like, I didn't realize. Like, I'm, I don't like. And there's times there, like, yeah, I'm still young. Like, I'm only 31 now. Like, do you know, and you, it's tough. Like, to take that sometimes. Like, there, for instance, the biscuit cake there. Like, mm. oh yeah, I'm not touching that. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I'd have a bar of chocolate or something. Do you know what I mean? The odd time, like, I'm, I'm cautious of what I eat, but I'm not at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I gotta live a bit. Like, do you know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. um, just. Cut down on salty foods and Chinese's and all that, like, and cut down on all that, like, and I wasn't really overly big, like, I was when I was younger, like, I was a, I was a big lad back in the day, like, and I used to get bullied a hell of a lot, like, but, um, it's crazy. Let's go there. I see actually one of your tattoos is Rise Above. Rise Above Hate. Mm. Ah, okay. I got Did that, you? I got that when I was, uh, 17. I, I went through a really, really, oh, fuck me. I went through a really bad time when I was in school uh, I had I had no friends and the friends I did have they weren't really they weren't really friends uh, I had to I had to select who I actually wanted to be friends with I was bullied that badly that I wonder uh, there was there was one one time I really was very lucky with my brother walking in and catching me one day like it was very very lucky uh, caught me just at the right time pretty much Um but in school like I got called really bad names because of the size of me and I had really long hair like I was different like um, I was just different I was from the country in a tiny school you're already <laughs> you know what I mean like times back then like I know it's only what 15 years ago and all that but 15 years a lot's changed like you know mm. we, we, we weren't even having the picture phones back then like, you know what I mean like uh, so it was crazy like the, the names I was called like, <coughs> It went on for a long time, like, and I ended up just one day. I turned around to myself and I said, "Look, it, I'm going home. I don't want to do it tonight." So I just wanted everybody to kind of know what was after happening. So uh, told my form tutor. It's crazy, like, cause we used to have this was secondary school. Secondary school, yeah. yeah. So it was first, second, third. Ty not so much, um, but then fifth year I kind of just left school. Like I wasn't really in that much. Me and a guy just mentioned the whole year, like. Um, Shout out to Dean Floody. <laughs> um, Namaste. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 
we used to have like a form class was where we were just like our own class. I don't know if you had like a form class. Class just tutor. Like, was what yeah, it was class yeah. tutor. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you just went there and you chill out, talk about whatever. Mm. Um, and so we had form class, we had a break, and then we had our history class. But we used to change <coughs> our history, even though it didn't matter. Like, we changed history to where the form class was. The teacher used to leave the classroom open and we used to go and stay because we used to have the same teacher for history and form class. Mm. So uh, one day, it was a Thursday, I said to myself, fuck this shit. Because I forget to bet the shit out of John class. Like, I used to get beaten up so much. Like, and I, it was like a game they used to play. And I know right well, if they're listening right now, they know exactly what I'm saying. Like, there's only me and <clears throat> me and another guy called Matthew Cowan. Matthew was a bigger guy as well. Like, but he kind of stepped in to defend me a little bit to try and take some of the beating off me and take some of himself. Like, um, so there was a lot of lads from different years, different classes. There could have been about 20 or 30 lads in the class at one time beating the absolute shit out of me. It was like a game to try and get me down to the ground, like, because nobody could take me down because I was so big. Like, it was, it was a game. Like, yeah. I used to get stabbed with compasses, pens, and everything. Like, it was crazy. Like, I got, uh, I actually have a story up on Facebook about this as well, actually. I was right. thinking that. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, have, I have a story up about this big, long thing I did. Like, um, got. I'll get onto this. I'll get onto the cigarette burns in a second. But uh, during the class, like during the break in between the f- history and form class, he used to be bailed into the room, beating the shit out of me. And it just like, why wouldn't I have went anywhere else? I was asked. Like, I was just like, where else was I meant to go? Like, mm. I was in a safe place apparently in my classroom. Like, you know. Uh, so, did you but, ever? Did that god awful thing and tell, or did you? Was that like unheard of, like in school? Did you tell oh, a teacher you, or such? Um, not so much, no. And like you, you learn that I was, okay. was definitely frowned upon. So right. I told, I stayed back after form class. So I got history was beaten up all through the break. Had form class and walked up to the teacher and me bawled my eyes out, telling her like been called names and she's the only one that I've ever told the names to like I don't tell anyone the names I was called like I, I actually I don't I can't face them still like it's just horrible like um so I ended up then uh going home it's crazy is <laughs> uh just went up to my room all night mum and dad were downstairs my brothers and that and then I only know this from when I came home from Canada that my mum actually turned around and said to my brother that the form teacher was after calling my mum and dad to say what was after happening and to keep an eye on me. And that well, that's when she sent my brother up to me and caught me like and um it was mad like just to think that a teacher would ring and say this, that and the other, like it a lot came from me talking, like do you know what I mean? Like and it was great. And Siobhan Moore saved my life that day, like it was crazy. It was crazy. And um, and she she never even knew it. like it was crazy. She just never knew it. like she did. Um, so then we ended up uh, going into school the next day, and it was just, like, I, I I like I'll tell you straight out, the post that I put up on Facebook was a lie, and the guys that bullied me know that it was a lie. That's the funny thing about it, but they'll never say it was a lie. I said that there was like twenty lads bullying me when I wasn't. There was like easily forty. Uh, really, it was forty or fifty lads bullying me. Like it was madness. Um, like I couldn't go into school without getting beaten up. Like I've been called names. Like, and um, the twenty lads. I even named. This, I could say his name right now, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't be too appreciated of it now because uh, we fucked them all. Like it's called Wellies. Yeah. Wellies. Yeah. 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 Yeah
<laughs> this guy, I'll say his initials, right? DC, yeah, yeah. right? And he knows who he is because he knows who he is. Like, and he texts me saying, I never knew that happened, Jen, all that. And he knows right well it happened because he called me a two, like, right? This is where I was being very selective of my friends. Yeah. So it was that bad that I actually had to say, I'm not telling on these lads here because these are the nicer lads out of the entire lot of the bullies. Mm. I had to pick my friends out of my bullies. Yeah. to try and actually have friends so i picked a few lads and then all the others were lined up in a row and that's when the lads know that it wasn't just 20 lads say that were bullying me there was so many more because i they even said to me one fella i'll name straight like you fucking cunt um you turned around and you said to me that day in the gpa we're not telling on everybody as you're shaking my hand looking me dead in the eye and i know you remember it and you know who you were talking about, and you were talking about DC, weren't you? And that is me actually pitching that to him there now, if he hears this, like, you know right well that you did that, and I'll never forget that, like. There's things like you never forget in life, like, that's that's one of the moments that I'll never forget as well. When you're being totally harassed in every way, like, and somebody turns around and says to you, as they're apologising to you, you're not telling on everybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, and there's 20 or 30 lads lined up in a row, like, and you're not telling on everybody. It's just like... Fuck me, lads. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was tough, like, you know, and... Yeah, it was, it was a very dark time in my life that night. Just, I had a really, really, really good friend of mine there now that... He was like my brother, and he, he got me through it. Like, I would have talked to him an awful lot about stuff. And, um... Unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. That's life. Um... He's a great guy. He was a, he was a really, really great guy. Like, he... He saved my life once or twice, like, without even knowing it. Just by... Just by being himself and being there. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say his name, to be honest with you, because respect to his family and all that. Yeah. Um, they're great people. Absolutely amazing people. And it's it's tough what they're going through. Um, but then, I just I was always, I always kept in my own head that I'm destined for something great. And even though I might have never materialised it, in my brain, to keep me going, all I kept saying was, you're going to be something great. You're going to, like, I always thought, like, I'll make it as a fighter, I'll make it as something. So far, it hasn't really planned out. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just myself, I'm just a normal person, as they walk in the street, just like them famous people say, like, but I always dreamed that I'd be a little bit famous in some way, like. Um, you were talented, like, when you look at all your sporting history. Yeah, I was, uh, like, I was, uh, I played GAA for a while, like, when I was, like, growing up, up until I was about 22 or so, and then kind of had a bad injury and that, and then the kind of the club I was with, great club, management was terrible at the time, no matter, it's like, kind of like, you know, the generic GAA, no matter how good you train and how hard you train, the player that doesn't train or has a name gets on ahead of you. Yeah. They're the same old, same old, so kind of tarnished. Not what I think of the club, the club is great, but what I think of that management team at the time. They put a big sour note on how I treated the club, and by meaning that is I walked away from the club because of them. Um, and I gave them the best years of my life. Like I gave them everything I had at the time, at great times with them, met some incredible people, and never forget certain managers and all that that really helped you and all that. Like, uh, But then I moved on to, with the bad injury that I had in my ankle, I went on to pick up jiu-jitsu and boxing again because I was boxing kind of when I was younger um, not competitively when I was younger it was just more sort of training aspect of the trying to help me lose weight and stuff yeah. so I went back boxing training to help up with my ankles and um, did great went, actually went fighting then like and 
didn't win really, but <laughs> put on some great shows. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was great performances I put on, and that's kind of I was thrown into the deep end really, like because you're put in against a guy in the army in the semi final of a Leinster's, and it's your first fight, and he's after him boxing since he's like 12, 13. Mm. Best thing he ever said to me was, "That was your first fight," and I said, "Yeah, it was." And he says, "You're a, you're a little animal." Like, do you know what I mean? Like he says, "Fair play to you. Like you are a little animal. Keep going." You know, and that's when you lose. That's all you need to hear. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. And um, that's why I always kept on saying, "I'm going to be something good." Like, just got to keep focused. So I went did jujitsu for a long time and um, never really got ranked in it too much because of the gyms I was in. Like one fella there now. There's two lads there now. Actually, sorry, that I owe a big thanks to in getting me into jits and kind of more so saving me a little bit because if it wasn't for jits, I wouldn't be here because it kind of in one way saved my life because of the way it changes your breeding and if it wasn't for the way I learned how to breed throughout those years in jiu-jitsu like when they always said to me like when you're struggling for breath there's always a way there's always a way to breed so I found a way when I was having the heart attacks and stuff like you know what I mean like I just I I started breeding through my diaphragm and my stomach inside of my lungs you know what I mean if I didn't know how to breed through my stomach I wouldn't have been able to breed at all so um, Keith Kavanagh, Niall Fallon, Niall, uh... oh jeez, I can't fucking remember his surname now, jeez, I'm a right cunt, aren't I? Keith Niall. <laughs> Niall Fallon, <laughs> Niall Fallon, I was about to sorry Niall, uh, Niall, I owe you a big thanks, and Keith Kavanagh, two absolute legends, um, they kind of seen something in me there, just like, you're very good at somebody that's never done it before, like, you know, so this is like 22 and stuff, like, so I kind of picked it up because of this, this inspiration they were giving me. And um, went on, won a lot of competitions. Uh, won a, won the Ontario Provincial Championships um, when I was in Canada in 2018. That was probably the biggest achievement of my life now, to be fair, apart from my child. But uh, all of that then, after the sporting and all that, I came home and um, wasn't really doing it too much because I wasn't feeling great. I went lockdown and all that kind of stuff, which was kind of probably beneficial that the lockdown happened to me because I wasn't working for them six months of a lockdown if I had been working god knows if I'd be here do you know what I mean because I'd be putting more stress and pressure on my body and all that like maybe it wouldn't have been in August I'd have been to hospital it might have been April or something mm -hmm. do you know what I mean like um but the lockdown happened for a reason for me although the whole thing will not go into the conspiracy side of that mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah anyway the uh it's just mad like it's always been like it's always in my eyes it's always been like that's the way it's happening it's your life is your life is panned out for you from the day one like and i've been put through all of this for a reason to try and be stronger and i am fairly strong i'd like to think but what i'd say about me thinking that i'm going to be this big big deal or like whatever i'd maybe say that maybe it's not me that's going to be it Maybe I'm here to inspire the next generation or something to do something. And maybe it's my son that's going to be something. And it's not that I'm going to put pressure on him because he'll be who he wants to be. If he wants to be a teapot, he'll be a teapot. Do you know what I mean? Like, But I'll always support him and I'll always ask him to be the best teapot that he can be. Like, And that's all I'll ever ask him. Um, so maybe I'm here to inspire some young person out here that's having some kind of chest pain that they're not understanding go and get checked out you know like you're 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 playing with not just playing with your own life because at the end of the day 
everybody's going to die and you're going to go at a certain time nobody knows when you're when it's up but try and prevent it as much as you can because what you do is you just pass the burden on then if you could have got checked out like if anything had happened to me and i knew there was something wrong and i didn't go with being pig ignorant it's not me that has to deal with this out of the sadness and all of the sorrow mm -hmm. it's the family you know you're passing that on where you could have went and got checked yeah it's just like no matter what age you are this all happened to me like I was born with this like and it all the pain started around 20. It took 10 years say for it to actually come to fruition what was actually happening. At any time during that 10 years I could have just gone but I'm not. I'm still here like I'm still fighting do you know. Mm. And it's always the fight that you have to fight. It's, it's never it's always easy to give it up but you got to just keep positive and always keep playing on because like, at the end of the day you're just passing on sa sadness and sorrow. And there's no need for it when it's already hard enough to deal with stuff that's on in this world. You just got to try and be there for everybody you can be, you know. That's my philosophy and it's the way I live my life now. Like, is try to try to be as nice as pie to everybody to try and help somebody out. Because, like, at the end of the day, right, you don't know what anybody's going through. You don't know by looking at anybody's face what's actually happening inside the brain. And there's a lot of things there now I probably haven't said to you and all that about how I feel like about things. I don't know how to feel about things. Like I genuinely don't know how to feel. You're sitting in a hospital, like thirty-one years age, thirty-one years old, and you're sitting there in the hospital bed. Wires coming out of your ears nearly, like you know, every wire you can think of connected up to your body and drips on you. Like, yeah, what cannulas? Like three or four cannulas in you at a time. Like, and trying to figure out what's wrong with you, and you're just like lying there like a little doll, and you're like, you don't know what to feel. And I don't know what to feel and my partner there always asks me, how are you feeling? I, was like, I don't know. I don't. Do you know Maybe that's probably the best because I don't know how I feel. Like just not feeling anything really about it. But two times in one day, I was in a shop. It was only three weeks ago. Um, two elfless. Might not be the right, politically the right thing to say or whatever, but two elfless. One fella was there paying for diesel. Happy as Larry. Jesus, the chap was as happy as Larry. He's there talking to the, in an Irish way, talking to, to the, the one at the till. He's just there like, oh, this, that, and the other. Oh, Jez, it's been a great old day, you know. I'm retired now myself and all. Like, you're just there buzzing off you once I was. And then I was just there like in the queue. I'm never in a rush, like, because I don't work, like, you know, I just be, oh, you're a mad thing, man. Just let me pay for me these and then go. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm never, like, pushing someone out the door or anything. Like, you know, I'm standing there and I'd be just laughing at people. I'm just like, that's funny. Like, so this guy he turned around and he's like, oh, I'm retired and all this kind of stuff. And he turns to me and he says, sure, you'll know what retirement feels like soon enough. But sure, little did he know that I am actually retired. Like, I'm, I'm not able to be a cabinet maker anymore. Like, I saved my entire life trying to be the best cabinet maker I could be. I saved 16 years out and taken away from me. Just in the blink of an eye. I'll never be able to do it again, like, to the extent I would have been. Like... I know everybody says like, oh, you can't let doctors tell you this stand you you can't let them stop you. At the end of the day, I can't put the pressure on my heart, I can't put the stress on my heart, and all my job in cabinet making was was lifting and cutting up stuff and constantly moving heavy things, like, you know, so yeah, I can't do it anymore, like, you know. And that's a very, very, very difficult thing to accept. So then on top of that, then, I can't fight anymore, really, because it's too much stress in my heart and too much worry, really, more so myself. Like, if I was to get choked out, what happens? I know I can mm -hmm. tap out before I choke out, but who's to say that I don't choke out quicker than I know? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a difficult situation to be in, like, and it's 
I, I feel very fragile at the minute, like, and I just don't like really overly stressing too much, like, with that. Mm. Just try to take it easy. Like, I have a son now, and he's more important than going to fight. Like, he, he I'm more important fighting for him. Like, Tell us about your son. Ah, jeez. So Evan's deadly. Like, Evan is, uh, he's only what, 11 weeks old now on Monday? So he'll be 11 weeks old and a day when this is released, yes. I assume, yeah. yeah. Um, he's class. It's his first Christmas. Um, can't wait. Everything about him. He's just deadly. Like, you just, it changes your perception of life. It changes absolutely everything. It makes you realize what life is about. Now, I know other people have different values in life, but my value has always been family. I'm a very family oriented man, even if it hasn't been exchanged 50 50, you know what I mean? I've always given my 50%, there you go, like, you know what I mean? Like, where's my 50, do you know what I mean? If you can understand what I'm saying, like, um, I've always given everything I can, like, to try and help everybody in my family, and I know they might say, no, you haven't. It's like, well, I've tried my best. Like, I've always never tried to hurt anybody in my family in any way whatsoever. Always looked out for the best intentions, and Evan there now, like, he's just... It's different when you look at something and you're holding it, and you're just like, that is my flesh and blood. Mm. It changes everything. Like, blessed to see me, child. Blessed to have one. Like, I know everybody is like, but whenever you have one, but like from from the depths that I was in, in a hospital bed in August of 2020, if you told me lying on that bed, I'd be holding my son September the next year, mm. I'd just be like, no, it's never gonna happen. Never. Like, it's crazy, like, just, it's just mad, like, it's, like, the year I've had, like, it's been a, it's been a hellacious year, like, so many ups and downs, like, and not everybody knows, like, there's only selected of people that know what's going on, like, I don't even tell my parents I'm in hospital anymore, because it happens so frequently, I live in hospitals, mm. like, I go in and they know me, like, and it's not, like, they, on a first name basis, like, you know, they do know me on a first name basis, like, I'd walk the halls and they'd be just like, hey, Karen, how are you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they know me because of what's wrong with me and it's like I'm going through what I'm under Dr. Buckley my cardiologist in Wexford I was under Dr. Kelly in Wexford with my bloods then I was uh, referred on to Dr. Al Sadi down in Whitfield down in Wexford on Warford and that's who I'm with now like and he's the one that's uh, telling me all about my platelet count and all this kind of stuff like but for a long time I was telling the doctors like it's my platelets it's my platelets like they're high look at them and then like oh yeah it is so i was kind of pushing the fact of my platelets and that's where i came about that i was down in wheatfield with dr uh, ellis ali but uh get back to heaven <laughs> he's class they're like it's uh, everything about it like I, I love like i don't sleep that much i love waking up in the middle of the night with him even though i don't at the same time <laughs> love me sleep but just like looking at him and looking at him knowing that you can see yourself in him you know what i mean you're looking at me like oh, he's class he's just deadly and then the little smiles he goes and then the little gooing and gagging and all that like it's just fatherhood is a blessing and it's the best thing that could ever happen to anyone i wish the best of anything that like the best for everybody that has a child because like, it's not easy like you know and um like the ability even to come up to say to have a child like i've lost two in not so great ways like but it's it's life you know what i mean you gotta deal with it you gotta take it on your chin and keep going forward like do you know what i mean and it is what it is like do you know like i could have let 
like I'm not going to say I'm the strongest man in the world because I'm not like but I know for a fact that there's many men out there that would have buckled underneath the pressure that I've been under for the last year or two years but you got to just keep positive and your mental health is very important but you must vent when you have to vent and always communicate to people that are closest to you even if you don't want to tell them it's better off your chest like it is like because many nights there now I don't sleep like and it's constantly because I'm thinking I know it's not the right way to think, but it's like, will I wake up? Do you know? And it's mm. that's put into my head because of the heart attack I had during the middle of the night. Yeah. And that's why I don't sleep so much. Mm. So there's a lot of aspects of why I think the way I think. Like, And like, people will always say, oh, you can't be thinking this, you can't be doing that. All I'd say to them is take a walk in my shoes. Try and, try and deal with what I've dealt with. And put a smile on your face and be happy and be nice to everybody around you tell you you won't be as nice as I am because it's 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 tough like mm. some people wouldn't be able to deal with it like and I understand that like if somebody turned around and said to me all of my story and I took my life I'd be just like okay I understand that like do you know what I mean I can understand that completely but it's not a way to go like it's just not like no because as you were saying the burden it leaves with everyone else then yeah, it is. Like, the mental health side of it is just it's it's unprecedented. You just, I just can't comprehend how extensive it is, like, yeah. of the damage it does to me mentally. Like, because I could have went the complete opposite way than I am right now, and not, I'm just curled into a ball. Like, because if I, the way I look at it is like, my job has been taken from me. The one thing that I've only ever wanted, ever, I've only ever anybody has ever answered, anybody that has ever gotten to know me, the only thing I ever wanted was to be a capital maker. That's the only thing I ever wanted, and. Got taken from me, fighting, like boxing, jiu-jitsu, wasn't able to drive for a while. It's just mad, like, and then, like, let's say when I went to Canada, I lost a lot of friends then as well, like, when I came home, because I haven't seen them. You know, so there's a lot of friends then, and then there's, like, a lot of debts around, like, not my brothers or anything like that. I'm grateful, so grateful that none has ever happened to my brothers or my family, but just very close friends, like really meaningful friends like that you grew up with like you know like they're all kind of dead like and it's it's tough to deal with like you know and you just gotta keep on playing through like and yeah any time i could have given up like but if i gave up evan wouldn't have been here yeah yeah and he's now my reason for living so no matter how hard your times can be there is like i know it's not an easy thing to say and i hate it when somebody says it to me there is somebody else out there going through something worse like I know my story right now might be might be fucking bullshit to somebody but might be meaningful to someone. But I tell you now, there's somebody out there going through worse than me. And I know that. But if I can relate if I can relate to somebody like that in any way, and they can then release their story, maybe they'll inspire someone else to come out. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's all about humanity. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just Try and be there for your fellow humans instead of fighting. Like I don't see the whole needless fighting there. You see it a lot on Facebook and just people going crazy at each other. And they're just like, why do you need to rile someone up like that? There's no need for it. 
Now I'm guilty of it myself, like I'm a bollocks for it. But it's just like ah. group on Facebook, do you remember? Uh, oh, arguing. An argument group we found once since oh, people go on to fight with each other. Oh, yeah. lovely, lovely. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a good fight with me anyway. Yeah. Just for the crack, like. But yeah, like I don't contradict myself. No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> but like, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, you hear a heart attack and you think, oh, that's a physical oh, no. ailment. But yeah. no, it's a whole lot more of a mental health impact that it is. You, you can never really describe. And you can't like um as i was saying the guy there that was saying to me there that he was retired and all like the same not the same type of conversation happened in the same day with two different people at two different cash registers you know what i mean like yeah. and i was just like lads you, you don't understand like i could like i didn't like i don't go out and say like oh sure i don't fucking i don't work at night minute and i'm retired and all that like sure he just kept on saying he was saying to me you've got loads of years left in you you've loads of years left in you it's like you'd think that wouldn't you like that's all i said like and he goes oh you do just stop it's like i'm glad you think so do you know what i mean like there's a story i didn't need to get into like if i cash mm. register in a shop like i'm not going to turn around and say yeah buddy pull up a chair now come here to me <laughs> you know so ah it is what it is like do you know what i mean you just got to I just try and stay as positive as I can like throughout the whole thing and now like I live for Nicola and I live for my son that's what I do like. Can you tell us a bit about Nicola because like you described there the driving down the motorway and all like she's been through a hell of a lot with you I know like the primary impact is you but the people around you are also part Yeah um, you see I don't see a lot because she hides it and I talk about mental health like she works at Pierre and she does like she talks to her friends about it, I'd like to think, like, and she does talk to me a bit about it, but I don't like bringing it up too much with her because, like, when you talk to her about it, she, yeah, she, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very tough thing for her to talk about, mm. um, just knowing that at any time, like, could be gone, like, you know, but that's everybody, though, mm, but it is everybody, it is everybody, yeah, it is, and, um, it's just more highlighted with me, and, it's hit her hard over the last couple of weeks to think, like, if anything happened, the child doesn't have a dad. Do you know? And But I know, again, like, yeah, people be like, oh, he's going to be thinking like that. Like, again, walking out of shoes, lads. You see, you haven't been there. You haven't worn this T-shirt. Um, so, yeah, Nicola works with Pieta. And um, she was delivering, um, before the pandemic and all, she was delivering a program to, two, uh, to the second-year students throughout her jurisdiction you might say about bullying and trans transgender rights and all this kind of stuff and um i was after being in canada and came home in october 2018 and then in february of 2019 me and my partner of 10 years actually split um tried to take me life it wasn't really over that so much say it was more an accumulation of everything that was after happening um my friend was after passing it's after losing say the relationship it did have an effect on what my decision was that night um i lost a lot of friends in canada because i was after leaving um my roommate in canada because i still rent them a room because i was hoping i was going back and my roommate was being a right prick and really and truly was a right prick and ended up giving up my room which kind of gave up my dream of going back to Canada I was just having a hard time that night and, that, and it was the best thing I ever did was kind of get out of that place I was in and go home and um, I was lucky 
Tell you, even when you say it right, people say like, oh, call me anytime. I know I have friends that I can call anytime. I called all my friends that night that I had. Not one of them picked up the phone. It was just my pure strength and my own belief to get me out of where I was. And you just sometimes got to dig down in that belief and know that you have it inside you to get out of that position. And know that you're better. And then Nicola came along in June. Uh, met on Tinder. So as she was driving up around a whole lot of her jurisdiction, you might say, like she's from Wexford, I'm from County Loud, but Tinder match, you don't get that. This That's not a distance that you can match with someone. So ended up that we were just in the same distance at the same time. She actually swiped right on me first and she texted me first. God, I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just the minute, like I even said it to her, right? I have, like, it was crazy. Our first date, we went to uh, Dunleary Pier. We are standing there at the end of the pier. She probably thought I was a fucking crazy cunt. Like. Stood around at the end of the pier. We actually have to meet in Costa, sorry. We met in Costa first, and then we went down to Dunleary. Took Costa and Tala, just across from where she actually walked. It was just midway between Wexford and Laid. And um, met there. We hit it off. Like, I was just nervous as fuck from the very beginning. Like, cause she, I seen her walk in. I was like, she, she's incredible. Like, the best looking girl I think I've ever been with. No offense to any girl I was ever with. Like, but you'll believe what I'm, you'll know what I'm saying in a second. Like, you've seen her as walking in. I was like, she is just incredible. Like, and, um, from the very minute that she ever sat down beside me, I knew right well that she was the one for me. Like, it's just straight away. I just knew it. It was crazy. Like, it was just something in my brain. I was like, that's incredible. Like she did the way we just talked, matched, talked. Oh, it was just insane. Like, and I think only people that were in that position before say like, where you know, you know, they'll be the only ones that could relate there. And like, we knew like when we knew, like, straight away. Like, so we went down to Dunleary PO. And we were waffling away, walked up to the end of it. I actually got a picture because I said to myself, I want a picture from our very first date to have for us forever because I knew that we were going to be together. Like, and um, lo and behold, we ended up being together and that. And then um, if it wasn't for Nicola, like, I would not be here. And that's not as if like I'm putting pressure on her or anything like that. It's more so my girlfriend at the time when I was in Canada, when I was going through all of the pressure and the anxiety diagnosis and all that, she was always saying to me, you're doing it to yourself. It's all your own doing. And like, it's anxiety that you're you're causing this yourself like not believing me that i was having pains in my heart so along comes nicola who was after being with a guy who was actually a medic and she was with him for a while and when i was talking to her about certain things she was like that's not right she advised me to get checked out and for home more so it was just like i'll get checked out like you know that kind of way even though i might have been a taking the head and going in like but I did eventually get checked out like and everything happens for a reason in this life and your life is planned out as I said like so the day that I met Nicola or the day that she matched me on Tinder was the day that I was going to start getting better like in hindsight because if it wasn't for her my own pig ignorance would never have let me go into hospital because I always would have believed that it was anxiety and not a heart attack mm. so I would be gone like there's no doubt about it so that's why I'd be also saying then, like, going back on myself, I am I feel like I'm here to inspire a generation or somebody and be that my son, Evan, and I hope it is, like, and if not, hopefully it's somebody else, do you know what I mean? Like, just to try and get them to be healthier. Where, um, 
things could have went a different way a hell of a lot many a times and I'm here for a reason he's here for a reason we met for a reason I went and got checked out for a reason everything happened for a reason and I am a firm believer that like what's for you won't pass you and I know when you're younger and 16, 17 and an old fella says ah what's for you won't pass you it's hard to take that you're like I'm after losing me missus I'm after them for three weeks oh do you know what I mean like you feel like you're dead like inside and you're lost it's like lads jeez go ahead and enjoy yourself like do you know what I mean like everything happened for a reason do you know what I mean like don't worry about it I just walk her off a duck's back. That's all you do. Just keep her lit. Yeah, paper Tuesdays for a reason. That's and it, on yeah. Paper Tuesdays, Kieran, we have this thing called Flash Flood, okay? <laughs> so, um, yeah, this man is one hell of a fella. Let's have a look at what he has to say this week. Wow. Do you agree with Flash Mode? I'd agree with him, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's one hell of a fellow, isn't he? <laughs> uh, you actually, remember he was going to each shop and you said to him, bring me back a compliment and uh, <laughs> a, a pack of rashers. He never uh, given me the compliment since. No, he wasn't getting one from her. Um, wow, okay. That's been quite the message. Um, you have been incredible, Kieran Byrne. We wish much. you every health, success and happiness and to Evan and Nicola. Um, we did something last year where Mark gave us the Christmas message if he was the Queen. So we might end this podcast for the Christmas, that's the season that's in it. You might give um, our Christmas message to Paper Tuesdays. Just, just any kind of message? Uh, anything. Yeah. It could be to wash up, to pick up your clothes or to go out and have a pint. After you. Be kind, be generous, be thoughtful. Um, Legalise weed. Yes, um, yes, yes. <laughs> and a big namaste. I'm going to do it again. For everyone, Paper Chooses, we love you. And Kieran Bird has been fantastic. Sayonara, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>